Hi everybody, Lisa Keaton. Not doing a revving a word today with you. I actually just wanted to do a teaching with you, a, a preaching, a, I don't know, whatever I do. I just want to talk about your freedom and also give you some training tools to fight the good fight of faith. Right now we're in the middle of a, a 30-day faith then food and fitness challenge called Clean Harding. You can probably hear about it as you scroll back through the feed here and see um, what that's all about. And it is closed right now, but it's still available to you in terms of everything we're doing in Revving the Word. Everything we do, this is what we're about. It is about bringing wholeness into our life, a peace, a shalom. It's about getting back what the enemy has stolen. And that's a fierce fight. Make no mistake, everyone, this is war. This is war. And I think it's kind of fitting, right? I'm a fitness instructor, and one of the big trends is boot camp classes, boot camp classes, and circuit classes, but mostly that boot camp style. But yeah, I guess I'm recruiting you into boot camp. I'm so grateful that you follow us here and you're doing Revving the Word or whatever, whatever you're doing, that you're willing to bring your whole self alive and as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. Not perfect, not looking to create a bunch of sterilized Christians that bubble up. I actually want to see you trained up and sent out. I guess I kind of see us more as an uh, apostolic ministry. Where we want to raise a bunch of disciples and apostles and just lift them up, kind of like in the early church where they just came and encountered the living God and the, the Holy Spirit did what the Holy Spirit was going to do and Jesus is, was, will be, and God always has been authority and the father of all this the just we want to bring them on the earth today and use people to do that but I know it's a battle and today I'm talking about going to war <laughs> really it's time to war it really is a battle that we're in and there's action there's a participation that we only we can do I think it feels to me that there's a lot of sleeping going on, or there has been. I think we're awakening. I think there's an awakening. There's, we would call that a revival, that we're moving out of our slumber of just a spirit of religion falls upon us. And that's true. Wherever you find people that just want to be comfortable, you will find people that live by rules and laws that keep everything in order so that the peace can be maintained but they're not willing the discomfort to engage in the discomfort for other people's sake or for the more. Because whatever we're gonna take more territory in, or it requires discomfort. It requires us to go, you know, you think of that Lewis and Clark spirit. I feel that there's so much more that God's inviting us into, but will we be willing to get off the couch? Will we be willing to get out and, and go beyond just our once a week check-in with the Lord? Are we willing to really get active, get dirty, get sweaty, feel suffering? Because we actually, if you read in Romans, I think it's Romans 8, 23, that we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ if we're willing to suffer. Now, suffering doesn't mean, you know, like we don't intend, in, in, on purpose choose suffering, but as we desire to live a life of Christ-likeness to grow in the godliness and to to take the more back on the on the earth today 
we will encounter pushback. We will encounter being misunderstood, being judged, um, pushback. But wherever there's pushback, you know that you're breaking through. Something is being broken, but you gotta keep a kind heart keep our kindness and the only way we can do that is to keep the vision of the king because he's a kind king but he's a king but he's kind so we are going to war now here's here's what we're warring for we're warring for our own freedom initially our own like we we got it let's not worry about our husbands our wives our kids like all the the battles that we're fighting um, with people or our jobs or with other things. Like, as James says, what causes the quarrels among you is the desires within you. So it's just my desires are clanging up against someone else's desires when there's war. So I can only be responsible for myself and to go, all right, God, I got some desires and there's war happening here. Could you help me, seek me, know me? and. I'm going to delight in you. Let me get my delight on because as I get my delight in you on, I think you might change the desires of my heart because that's what you say in Psalm 37, 4, that you'll give me the desires of my heart because maybe my desires are skewed because there seems to be some chaos going around. But it is a battle we will bump up against. But can we keep our kindness on and can we stay in it without getting eaten up? So before you go to battle for anything, so whenever whenever you find yourself, you know, whatever the battle is, battle is where you feel pushback, where you feel resistance. Pay attention to those places in your life. Pay attention, those are really good cues to go, okay, it doesn't mean God is not there. Uh, just because there's chaos doesn't mean there's absence of peace. But you go pay attention to them and then you gotta go, you yourself go to battle. So the first thing you'll do is you're going to war, you know you're in war, you need to get dressed. <laughs> if I'm getting, if I know, every day is a battle, amen? Every day I'm battling someone, something, something's gonna come. If I'm living, truly living for the kingdom, living for increase, for the more, to take back what the enemy's stolen, to be an influencer and not the influence, I'm going to battle to keep my love on when people are afraid or chaotic. That's a battle, but before I do anything, I have to get dressed for the battle. And Ephesians 6 talks about our armor that we get dressed in, right? So get dressed before you do anything. Put the helmet of salvation on, which is, and I love that salvation goes on our head. <laughs> it's as if God is saying, don't ever stop remembering and thinking about that I saved you. And that same salvation that you needed, that person needs to. Salvation. It starts from the head down, right? The salvation. It comes from heaven to earth, head down. So keep that on. God is saving. God is still God. That I am not a good Savior. My salvation is found in the Savior of Jesus Christ. He's a fantastic Savior. And as I keep that on my mind, I remember, okay... The price has been paid, the salvation. Keep my helmet on. The next place, your breastplate of righteousness. Because of your salvation, because your mind was able to be opened up to 
the love of Christ. And it's not just a fairy tale love, it's a real love active and alive today. You can engage it, you can encounter it, you can wrestle with it. God says, come on, do you wanna wrestle? Do you wanna dance? Do you wanna sing? What do you wanna do? But just press into me. And that gives us righteousness, which is really just rightness. We're right with God because He saved me. He's renewed my mind. He covers my heart with righteousness. He covers me. If you think about the breastplate area, that's the that's like the the main organ of life. So, um, if a, a, a military person is in boot camp or in war, you learn to take two shots: the chest or the head. Two shots, mostly the chest, but the head shot's a good one too, right? Those can those will kill. Not the foot or the hand or the arm. It's the chest or the head. Salvation and righteousness. You keep that on. Don't take it off. I don't even think I don't even get undressed at night. I want to go to sleep in my armor. It's the only armor that actually at nighttime can become comfortable and comforting. <laughs> it's like putting on your jammies. It's the only armor that can be both comforting and convicting. It can help you feel better and get better. Only in Christ. So we have the the helmet on and the breastplate on. You put the belt of truth on, remembering who God said he is, who we are, what he's doing, how he's faithful, even when we're faithless, that he who began a good work will see it to completion, that we focus on what is unseen, not what is seen, because the unseen is eternal. All this truth, put it right there at the core of who you are and the fact that it goes around the belt. The belt is the place where uh, it holds the core is is what allows us to move our lower extremities to our upper extremities in dynamic ways so my lower body can be doing one thing while my upper body can be doing another thing and the core holds it all together the belt of truth right around the waist it, it is where the earthly things meet the heavenly things if that makes sense just see that truth in god can hold all these things together his truth can hold the circumstances with the perceiving of what the kingdom's doing. The earthly circumstances can meet and shake hands and come into agreement and integration with the things of heaven if I keep my belt of truth on. And then gospel of peace on my feet. Wherever I step my feet, things actually come together. They don't fall apart. They don't fall apart. Peace. And then I got a shield and a sword and yeah, those are my weapons. I'm going to get dressed in those. The shield is faith. The sword of the spirit is God's word. I want to wield that. I want to work it throughout my day. That's how I, before I even go to war, I better have all this on. You can't, don't even get out of bed. Listen, if you're having a bad day, just go into the bathroom and get this stuff on. You forgot to put it on. You forgot to, and as a good commander, I would never send you. If I saw one of my, my people out in the field without their helmet, we'd run and get them. Get them a helmet fast. As a police officer without a bulletproof vest, get back in here, get your vest on. Do whatever you gotta do, get dressed. Jesus paid the price for that clothing for you, so put it on. And then you go to war. Now, here's how you go to war, friends. Here's, how I want, here's what I wanna see. I think we're in a cycle sometimes as believers in Christ where we see ourselves doing the same thing over and over again. 
and we kind of think we, we, we think we're working it out but we don't see any changes and here's why I think it's happening is we honestly are not fighting all the way through with the fight so let's say for example we have a thought or someone says something or something goes wrong and we 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 might even well first we might fight in our flesh which we know that's not going to get anywhere so we need to pull let the spirit lead get get our peace hold our tongue be quick to listen slow to speak right all these you just got to do those first knee-jerk reactions in the kingdom not in the flesh but then here's the second thing it's not doesn't mean it goes away you still have the thought it still feels wrong it still is not going to sit right with you so then we go, well, I'm going to take that thought captive, right? We'll take that thought captive and I'll make it obedient to Christ. So we, we run around and we take thoughts captive. We take thoughts captive. And it's like when you take a thought captive, it's like putting it in jail, but it's still up for bail. You know what I mean? You can put a thing in jail, but it always has the chance to get out. So you don't just need to take it captive. You have to put it on trial. Whatever you take captive has to have its day in court. This is true of our justice system. If someone gets taken captive, right or wrong, whatever it is, they get put in jail and then they can get out on bail. Someone can come and pay, but they still have a day in court. If they've done something to break the law, they will be seen in court. There will be a ticket issued. There's something they've got to go and see it all the way through to either right or wrong them. And I think we have done, we, 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 we're too busy and we don't put things on trial. So that's what I think God's like, all right, they've done a lot of taking captive, a lot of putting things in jail, but eventually those things that don't get their day in court, they just get out, get out on bail and round and round and round and round we go. And we wonder why am I not make, why is this still a problem? Why am I still here battling my weight? Why am I still here hating my body? Why am I still here feeling like my husband doesn't love me? Why am I still here not satisfied? Why am I still craving things of the flesh or possessions or power, whatever it is. You gotta put that, that, that thing that tends to take you captive, it's gotta go on trial. So here's what you do. You put it on trial and it looks like this. First of all, you gotta see this play out like a court system. If you're gonna put something on trial, first of all, you better go sober, <laughs> right? You're gonna go sober to that trial. You're not gonna show up intoxicated because you're the one putting that thing on trial. You're the, you're the witness. You've seen what this, this accusation or this stronghold or this enemy has done. So you show up, you get dressed, you show up sober. You don't show up looking like, hey, you deserved it anyways. You stay sober. You give no room for anyone to accuse or to slander you. So you show up sober-minded, you know that, which means you got dressed. That's right. If you show up sober, that means you got dressed. Helmet of salvation, belt of truth, place of righteousness, shoes on, sword, shield. Okay, I'm sober. Let's go. Let's put this thing on trial. So you take that thing and put it on trial. So let me, I'm going to make this real specific. Um, I'll keep it to people that fight um, body shame because it's real for women especially um, you get out of the shower you see yourself in the mirror and the instant thought is you're such a fat you're just so fat and ugly that's disgusting look at your stomach it's so disgusting there's an accusation that comes 
All right, so you take that thing captive. You take that thing captive right away. And it actually says, I'll read you from 2 Corinthians 10.5. <clears throat> it says, We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take captive every thought to make obedient to Christ, being ready to punish, which means got to put it on trial, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. So when it goes on trial, you're, oh, you're sober. And what, if you're ever going to go on trial, you want your counsel present. Amen? If, if someone's accusing you, or you've got this kind of chaos of war in your heart, then get your, pres your counsel present, and that is Jesus, our advocate. Jesus, our advocate. He's there with us. And the Holy Spirit actually speaks the words that will seek out the truth of this accusation. Accusation. So that accusation gets put on the stand that says you're fat, disgusting, you're ugly, whatever, you're not loved, you're not wanted, you're alone, whatever it is. Because it's always accusations. The enemy only has accusations. He has no weapons other than an accusation. But he embodies people to create his harm that he wants to do. Those are people that agree with his accusations. But we put the accusation on trial and the Holy Spirit speaks truth and searches the hidden things so we can say to that accusation, where did you come from? When did you start this? What gives you the right to do it? What are you getting at? What are you hoping for? Right? You just get to ask this accusation questions. You get to unpeel the layers and say, and then you get to ask, you're going to get up on trial too. What what is it? Why do you partner with this? Why do you give us? Where did you begin to believe this lie? So it goes on trial. You go up and get yourself searched and known. It's a search and rescue part. You just ask the questions. What's the payoff when I agree with you? And then you can ask God, the presence of the Holy Spirit in that courtroom. What's the truth? Tell me. You're getting after the truth. You gotta uncover the lies to get after the truth. Put it on trial. And what will happen is a lie is a lie is a lie. Greed is greed is greed. Immorality is immorality. Uh, idolatry is idolatry. It just gets, it gets uncovered because that's what the day in court will do. The light is on. The truth is there. Love will be spoken. You are not condemned. You are not guilty for having a guilt thought. You are not shamed for having a shame thought. You are not afraid for having a fear thought. And then that thing is condemned. Whatever that accusation is, whatever that fear is, whatever that gets, it gets condemned. Which means now it gets put into cuffs and taken to prison for good. For good. It's been dealt with. It's The verdict is in. You're guilty. The verdict is in. You should be ashamed of yourself. That's what Colossians 3 says, or maybe Colossians 2, that the cross... Put the enemy to open, it disarmed him and put him to open shame. He's already condemned. He, he, he forgets this. You know how he forgets it? Because he's got people that still partner with him. People still are willing to play along with his accusations and his fear tactics and his shame tactics. But not you. The truth comes out and the truth sets you free and condemns him, puts him behind bars once and for all. It goes to the pit. Now. Doesn't mean you're gonna be home free forever because you know what happens in prison when the, these 
accusations or this these evil this principality of darkness gets put behind prison it just writes letters home and it sends out other types of accusations but that one's been dealt with so that's the great part is he's gonna if you keep going oh no you've been condemned he's just behind bars being really mouthy but he's condemned and you've dealt with it. You got to the understanding of what the truth is. That's what I'm saying, church. I think we're stuck because we don't deal with the truth. We just fight with the word, but don't get after. Wait, what lie do I partner with? Where is this coming from? We don't get on the surgery table and let it get bloody and messy and uncomfortable so that we can be healed. That happens in the courtroom. That happens in the court of your hearts. Enter his courts with thanksgiving and praise. Enter his heart and let him look at your heart. Let him tell you his truth for you. And his truth will set you free. And you know what freedom requires? A party. <laughs> Once the enemy's condemned, put in the pit, prison for good, you throw a party. Enjoy your life. Nothing more violent than the enemy watching us enjoy our lives while he's behind bars. It even says that in Psalm 23, the psalmist says, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Nothing more painful than a prisoner behind bars to sit and watch me eat a T-bone steak and have a glass of wine, enjoy conversation with my family and life, fully alive, fully wholehearted living while he sits behind bars in a dank, dark cell lonely and accused. It actually might put him out of business. We actually, I think, would see faith on the earth. He disarmed the rulers and the authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them. That's what Jesus did. Go to war, you guys. Go to war. Go to war, go to war, go to war. Go to war. You won't get around this. We can't just slap bumper stickers on it anymore. We can't just take thoughts captives and put them in jail because they will get out on bail. They need a day in court. <laughs> Good work. Good work. Now do the work. <laughs> hey, guess what? Like any good trainer, it doesn't end when the session's over. You now, you go home and you do the work. That's how, as a professional for over 25 years, I only... It, if I had someone meet with me six days a week for one hour, it never mattered if they went home the other 23 hours and completely sabotaged themselves and checked the box and didn't actually create a lifestyle of health and wellness and kindness to themselves and to others, of gracious assumptions for themselves and others. Believing the best, knowing love, knowing you're loved, dispensing it to the others of the world that need it because they're only partnering with the pain and the hurt. So we represent Christ on the earth today. Go do that. Go do that. God, take this word and make it real in our life. Take it and make it real. We need you. We're desperate for you. We're hungry for you. We hunger and thirst for righteousness and we thank you that we will be filled and satisfied. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>